I'm not the house of cards that falls down easily. Ooh, I'm strong enough to handle what you throw at me. Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Hey everyone, Kristen Walker here. We are doing our Empowered Empaths show and we have such a great guest. Oh my gosh, I had a great feeling about this guest before I ever even got to talk to her on the phone two minutes ago while we were getting prepped for this interview. And now I'm like, can you be my lifelong friend? So everyone, please welcome Kimberly Lackey to the show. She has a company called Empath Coaching, and we're going to find out exactly what that means. Kimberly, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And it It says Kim on your site. So do you prefer Kim other than Kimberly? You know, I should make up my mind on that one because it's like (laughs) a question I get a lot. And I think the answer is, you know, I'm not, I'm not one for labels or names. So as long right. as it's something nice, I'm happy. Um, my family calls me Kimberly and sometimes Kim is shorter and it fits. So, you sometimes know, there you go. as long as it's not like, Hey, a hole. Exactly. Right? That's what I was <laughs> going for. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is internet radio, so we can kind of say whatever we want. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell us, because um, when people hear the word coaching, they immediately think life coach, and you kind of were giving me, you know, that you do something different than that. So tell our listeners, you know, what what that is. So, um, you know, I have I have a business um, that is really designed to help people get back on track in terms of living their best life. That's a spot that um, I came from, and I came from that personally, from experiencing a lot of illness, I certainly am Mm. very empathic. And that is a way that um, being off track in your life can manifest for a lot of people, especially empaths. Um, Depends, you know, kind of in my um, experience, the further off base you are, the sicker you're going to get. So um, through my own learning, yes, through my own learning, um, on my own with, with very, you know, little help other than really having to tap into my own intuition. Um, I got myself, you know, healthy again. And through that, I just had so much encouragement in terms of starting my own business and sharing. So I ended up going back to school for integrative nutrition and, Mm. um, yeah, which just, it was such a wonderful experience because going to school for that, it was so much that I had, I had, I felt so validated because I had 
done what I was learning in school and I'm doing learning. Oh, you had done it. You had done it ahead of time. And then uh you went to school and got re and got validated for what you instinctively knew how to, that's awesome. And I would sometimes, I would just want to shout from the rooftops like, (laughs) oh my gosh, people, this does what what they're saying. This works. This, this is, they're not kidding. Like these things work. So, um, you know, I do, I work with a lot of people that are very often uh, really sick. They're kind of at a point where they're just frustrated and there's not a lot of answers. Um, And, you know, the medicine that we give is often the medicine we need ourselves. So it's such a beautiful experience for me because as I'm helping other people, you know, there's such a a win-win, if you will, um, because I learn so much from them as well. And I, and I learned Absolutely. how to continue to keep myself on track, but you know, I mean, I, I work with a lot of children and families, um, uh, parents that maybe feel like they don't understand their kids and kind of helping them know that, you know, helping them understand kids. I, I do some cooking and things like that for people, not a ton. Um, mm-hmm. because I, I said this one time and someone looked at me like that was such a brilliant thing to say. And <laughs> I had this aha moment cause I thought, Oh, it, that just comes so naturally to me. But I said, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, how much broccoli you're steaming or if you're counting your blueberries <laughs> that at the end of the day, doesn't matter if you have like no relationship with your children or your job yes. that you spend 10 hours a day at is just miserable. I mean, that doesn't. And you're surrounded by energy vampires, narcissists, totally. sociopaths, psychopaths that are uh-huh. just bleeding the lifeblood out of you. There ain't enough blueberries to help you. Exactly. With. You can count those all day long, but there's going to like, let's be efficient here. Oh my gosh. So anyway, someone was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And I thought, you know, oh, I didn't realize that was something that other people don't know. And and I say that in the nicest way possible, because I think that so often, sometimes when you have a gift and something that you're really good at, like think of like the most brilliant engineer, the way that their mind thinks and that they can design, they, they just naturally think that way. And they don't understand that everyone else doesn't see that quote unquote problem in the same way. And I realized that that's how I was. I saw the world really differently. And I didn't understand that other people didn't get it in that same way. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It took me, uh, you know, I did this on my own too. And I, and this is kind of what empaths do. Like people will ask you, well, what's the recipe? How did you do that? And you're like, well, I just sort of felt my way through it because you're an (laughs) empath. And I did the same thing. Like I was, I was running my own company and I, was just, you know, overweight, lots of, you know, stress in my life, lots of energy vampires, you know, draining my, I was not taking care of my health. And I went and worked for free. Well, not for free. I went and worked for no cash pay at a chiropractor's office as her receptionist. Terry was a CEO of my own company doing these major programming projects for hundreds of thousands of dollars. But I worked three days a week part, you know, half days at this chiropractic nutritionist office to trade out her giving me chiropractic treatments and Mm -hmm. teaching me all about nutrition. And it was kind of interesting because I had really like look at my ego because every, the first month, every patient that came in, I was like, well, I run my own company, blah, blah, blah. I'm not just a receptionist. <laughs> and then later I was like, oh my God, nobody cares, Kristen. Like, seriously, that's your own crap. 
just get yeah. over it. Who cares? Nobody cares if you're a receptionist or you're a CEO. But what was so great was I just absorbed the atmosphere of all this nutrition and wellness and supplements and all those things. And then later take a class, you know, like you do, of course you do it to a much deeper degree than I did, but I was like, oh, I was doing the right thing instinctively. That's amazing. <laughs> well, but it, 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 I mean, and I do, you know, we're all born on this planet with exactly what we need to survive right. and thrive, but we live in a world that, especially here in America, that does actually, um, validate people with certain titles and that does say mm -hmm. that um you know that you need to have this much money and they, at yes. least if there's a, there's a val there's a value placed on that it might not be what you personally value but i mean but there is in know, society uh -huh. thinness if you have wealth if you're a celebrity oh god yes my friends that are celebrities are like i wish that everybody knew that it's not what they think it is once you get right. here and we thought it was this before we got here too. And now we're like, oh my God, you know. And there's a really beautiful um, gift actually in having to to be humble and face that or, yes. or to be able to sort of straddle and be a CEO and be working at the chiropractor mm -hmm. office. I mean, and these are things I think that a lot of people struggle with all the time in Absolutely. terms of, but when you can be grounded and know where you're going and who you are to begin with, it's a lot easier when those little pings pop up. Absolutely. To get yourself back on track. I was watching, speaking of celebrities, I was watching something, um, Gwyneth Paltrow last night, uh, this little like blurb, she was doing a, a live thing for, for goop, goop or something. Yes. Yeah. And she really had no makeup on. I was watching her thinking she's so amazing. She really, she had no makeup on. She was talking. <laughs> she's, yes. She's a celebrity. Yes. She has like, you know, however much money and can do, you know, has Whatever. a lot of things. She can, she can to afford her. an amethyst vaginal egg. I mean, you know, who, who oh, else? <laughs> She was kind of talking about something with reference to that last night. But I also thought, you know, she is very, she comes across as being extremely grounded in knowing who she is in spite yeah. of having, you know, all this wealth. And, uh -huh. and I, there's a lot of haterade that goes out to her that does not go to men that are in the same industry as her, which uh, it, it is the woman owning her own business entrepreneur doesn't is self-sufficient on her own thing that th throws a lot. And my God, is it even worse if you're blonde, tall, attractive, and we're an actress, you know, I know. And you know, when she first came out and she had gotten divorced from the whole conscious coupling, I mean, right. I got so much flack about that, but that really, I mean, that, that really is money and my ex-husband. I just thought it was beautiful. I thought it was not only beautiful, but so it was a kind of a great name to yeah. a, a great, you know, uh, to phrase it that way because it's happening all the time. I mean, I'm divorced too and I'm single and I don't have children. But um, when I look at men that are doing this conscious coupling, I mean, I have so much respect for them because I mean, yeah. I, and it comes from our generation that, you know, most of us, a lot of us at least had divorced parents. My parents certainly yeah. were not conscious coupling at all. And it, right. you it know, it was mind. like, you're here, you're there, like, you know, and, and it's so much smart. It's a way to be able to get divorced and the kids don't suffer. And anyway, I just, I, that was years ago that that came out, but you look at it now and it's, I don't know why she got so much flack for it because it's exactly 
No, it's, it's the, it's, a healthy way to do it. You got to build them up and take them down and anything that doesn't fit into a bunch of boxes uh, that, you know, that people check off, it's going to, you know, they're going to get ripped apart for it. But, you know, I, I know that you and I could do 80,000 <laughs> shows together and never like ever run out of things to talk, talk about. Um, I, and I want to put this out there listeners. So, you know, um, you know, we, we turned empowered empaths into its own show because it's our most popular series on mental health news radio. So I'm going to be playing this on both empowered empaths and mental health news radio, this show we're doing now, but I want to, one of the things that you had sent me, Kim was, your third question to talk about with you was dating as an empath. I'm going <laughs> to save that one because we also have a show that's called Bumble in the Jungle. And oh my done, gosh. Okay. We've done three episodes. It's about online dating and mental health. I have a great co-host for it. My friend, Melissa, who's listened to me since my, I think I had 30 shows on the air. That's how long she's listened to me. I feel sorry for her because she's had to listen that long, but, um, but anyway, you would be such a great guest on that show. So let's save that one. And I want to tease listeners with that. Listen to bubble bumble in the jungle, because it's a great show and it's, we need to get into what dating is like as an empath. So please, come back for that show. I think that definitely is an hour long topic. No doubt. <laughs> it its own topic. I mean, it really is. It definitely <laughs> is. I mean, when you just said that about us having these conversations, I'm sitting here thinking when you said that you were divorced and I'm going, Oh my gosh, me too. And wow, that's just that in and of itself. Like just, you know, nothing yeah. negative about men or anything, but I mean, let me tell you the, the, um, the lessons are real, people. The lessons are real when it comes to that. Totally, yes. totally, totally. I always tell, you know, some people I think maybe, I don't know, I've never had a listener say this, but I've had some people not so being not very nice to me about my ex um, that I'm, mm. you know, we're codependent on each other still where I deserve better, blah, blah, blah. And whatever people throw away, people say throw away not nice things. Sometimes I've done that too. So I just sort of take it as it is. But for us, the fact that he, with our childhoods, mm -hmm. <laughs> the fact that we are best friends, not a couple, but we are best friends and we have one child and that child is both our child and that we got through all the shit that we got through and came out of it 32 years later as best friends is pretty freaking astounding in my book. That is nothing to put down. That is nothing to say, oh, you deserve better or, oh, you're not dating because you're still attached to your ex. Shut up. Oh, my gosh. I have goosebumps that you're even saying that, I mean, that you are 32 years later, you're separated and kind of ha and have this healthy um, amicable, totally healthy. That is so beautiful. And, um, and you know what people that point their hard. fingers, that's their own stuff. People, you yeah. know, when you point your finger, you've got what three pointing back at yourself. Yes, exactly. And, and, um, and people do cut. That's why well, I know we're not talking about this now, but that is why dating as an empath dating in general, is such mm -hmm. a reflection of what we're putting out there. And there are so many, lessons oh. to be gained. So you got it. And that's, you Good. both got it. You know what I mean? You both yeah. Did. Yeah. And it's not from, I mean, we, I hated him for a long time. <laughs> it's not like we, we, this has been, this has been the rockiest road ever, but we'll, we'll get into that yeah. on the other show. That is, so, I have the opposite scenario. So there you go. We have plenty to talk about. Yeah. But there. you're just recently divorced, right? Not, I mean, 
I've, I've been divorced for, um, four years coming up. Okay. So. Yeah. To me, that's recent. Cause we're yeah, talking, I, think so I got divorced I, I, in 1994. <laughs> yeah. I think like, and I don't know what people term recent or not recent. I think as an empath for sure, it's, yeah. if you're really getting your stuff and learning, then it, and working, it is doing yep. the work. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd say the biggest piece for me, and I, I want to talk about this with you because it goes into the codependency and inner child work as it relates uh-huh. to empaths, which is something that you had emailed as a topic. And that's like 12 shows on its own. Yeah, right? it is. So books. that's 12 books. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what I see, and I, I want your opinion on this. So I want to talk about this piece that's so important because what I see happen with empaths and I know it happens with people that aren't empaths either, but what I see happen is we get in these relationships when we're not empowered, they're narcissistic, they destroy, they, they almost kill us. And we're given this great gift. We can either use that horrid experience or experiences to do our work and grow or we can just keep getting in these kind of relationships. And what I see a lot of women especially do is this. They say they're doing their work, but they don't stick it out in therapy. Like they won't stick it out in therapy. They won't stick it out in whatever. They stay to the superficial and they start dating. They're not healed with their work and they start dating and they, and it's easier to fall back on your looks or your whatever because you're still in the, oh, a man is going to fulfill my needs instead of doing the work, which is be self-sustaining, fill your own needs. And then if you meet someone fabulous, but the fact that you have this drive to have to meet someone, that's a problem, but that's my opinion. So I want to know what, if you think I'm just full of crap or if you think that's relevant. Oh yeah. I mean, I, yes. I mean, and not only is it relevant, but I mean, I think that we all, all, whether you're empathic or not, because you said, you know, that this is for impasse. I mean, it really, I think that everybody out there has, not everybody, but I mean, even if you're not highly intuitive or sensitive, most likely, I mean, these needs are, um, these needs are common for, for everybody. So most people can relate to it on some level. Now, you know, it's not an accident. You, you can hear these things repeated constantly. You know, you have to do the work, you have to implement it. You've got to walk your walk. You can't, you know, you've got to take care of yourself, not depend on somebody else. I mean, you can hear that, but a lot, very often, yes, it really doesn't sink in. And a person, you know, wants to make an exception for themselves and we would all be best served if we would say, you know, if I look out into the world, the people that are successful in these things have done the work. I mean, and I think that often I find, certainly in my business, I find that people, you know, they, they think that the work itself is going to be so burdensome or it's going to take a long time. They feel very overwhelmed by it. But the fact of the matter is, They've maybe lived 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Exactly. Thank you. Very miserable, very unhappy. Like what they're doing, it's not working. And so it doesn't have to be. What's five years of deep work in comparison to the 40 or 30 or 20 even that you've already spent in the dark? That's right. Put it such a great way. 
way. And part of being human here is just experiencing those range of lessons, the range of emotions, the stuff that just sucks, the stuff that's so (laughs) sad and painful. It's part of it. And, um, and, uh, you know, I think people can be scared to feel that. And I'll be the first one to say like, no, it's, it's not fun. But um, we also know that this, what you resist persists. So if you don't face it and look at it, Honestly, sometimes, I mean, I have found a lot of people that they're, you know, once you, once you go deal with it, even if you think of it on a small level, like, oh, I don't want to go on that run this morning. I hate going to that class or, you know, and then you just find you to make yourself do it. You feel so much better. And that's really the same thing when you face these sort of emotional um, issues. And you're, we really, in my opinion, are born on this planet to get certain things and the longer that we fight it, the, you know, it's just going to get worse. So, I mean, I say to people sometimes, and I don't mean it to be, you know, sarcastic really, but I will say, well, how is that working for you? (laughs) And it really, and I mean it because it's like somebody, you know, you got to kind of have these moments that, that shake you up. Um, So anyway, yes, I, and I, and I hundred percent agree when you say that, um, being unempowered, the unempowered person, um, really is dependent on somebody else. You know, you can feel lost and tired. Yeah. To get their financial needs met instead of, okay, uh, downsize your life. Um, stop being a princess, you know, cause I've got some female friends that I've had in the past where they really, be- they're so used to men and, and women taking care of them financially that they, it, you know, they just, that, that was just an expectation and entitlement. And I mean, I've, I've had girlfriends that have Most had, you know, ex-boyfriends. Like yeah. And men too. But I, I've had ex-girlfriends that have had boyfriends giving them thousands of dollars a month, ex-boyfriends. And I'm like, well, I have, to say, have you ever had that in your, I've never, I I've couldn't never, even uh, you know who my that. backup is financially? Me. That's who my yeah. backup is. And that's how it's always been. I paid alimony and I didn't have to. So I don't understand that dynamic and I'm not putting that down. I want to make sure listeners that if you're in that situation, in no way am I putting that down. I am not, I have not achieved something greater because I don't have that. What I'm saying is what I would love for a woman or a man that's in that situation to where they've always been taken care of by other people well into their adulthood. My God, downsize your life, live closer to your means and become self-sustaining because you have no idea the amount of self-esteem that you're going to get in your life just from doing that. Okay. So on that money is energy, everybody. Exactly. It is energy period. If you are looking in a common way to express this energy is what you just said. Someone looking for someone else to support them. And it might not be a man either. It could be parents. I have a good friend from college that just came to visit me. She is not happy in her life. She went to school. She's very smart, beautiful, et cetera. She works for her family. She's sort of in this toxic struggle because right. she's not thinking for herself. Okay. That's yep. the same thing that happens. You know, when someone's financially supporting you and you're an adult, the thing is, is, um, that's happening for a number of reasons. It's happening because somewhere you are lost and you have no sense of direction and, um, or you're scared to express the direction that you think that you do have. What will somebody think of me and all of these things. 
um, it's exhausting and, and you are off of your path of life because you came in here to, you know, express your uniqueness, be your unique self. There's yes. nobody else here that has what you can give. I truly believe that. And, uh, you know, when you think about it and you think, you know, people can kind of get in this battle with, um, like I'm, I'm in this sort of health wellness space. I really, and truly never, it never bothers me at all what somebody else is doing because I'm, I'm a big picture person. I mean, I feel that literally 0% and, and not because I have all this great confidence and I, you know, know, um, I don't know, or that I just have like clients coming out the woodwork or that type of thing. I feel it because I really can ground myself and get centered and know, all right, I have something to give. And, you know, the Italian restaurant man or woman that starts an Italian restaurant doesn't say, well, there's one over there in Chicago. So I'm not going to put one here in Miami. You know, we all have, we, we all have gifts to, to give and share. So when somebody is financially supporting you that you're hindering, Um, and it's not to say that, I don't know, sometimes we don't need help or sometimes, I mean, manifesting money because you're short on something or, or whatever, but I'm saying as a lifelong, as a lifelong thing, yes, uh, you are, that, that's a bigger, that's a sign of a, of a bigger problem. Problem. So, um, and I do think, uh, I mean, it's a strong statement when we say that, that, um, somebody, an unempowered empath being unempowered that it, that it can kill you, but that's a strong, but it mean, I can, I'll give you, I was very unempowered. I didn't even know that I was an empath. I had, I had no idea that 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 even existed. I just understood the feeling of it. And, um, anyway, I was very, I was very unempowered and I was always very sick and sensitive as a sensitive, like my mom actually says, and she laughs about it, but she says, you were born in the hospital with this like rash all over your body. They put you in the, the NICU for 10 days. The doctor never had any idea what it was. It went away. And she's like, and that is the story of your life. Like that, <laughs> that ensued, you know, and, but also at a really young age, I would know, I didn't know how to express it. And I actually didn't know that it was different from somebody else, but I understood that I could walk in a room and feel and energy. Yeah. I was zapped, tired constantly. Right. Um, I could take a quarter of like a medication or I didn't want to touch medication and just, just all kinds of things. And I, and I always um, would, could kind of put my hands up at labels like, Oh, she's allergic to this and this and this. And I just thought I'm, I just, it just never resonated with me. I thought I'm not allergic to that. I just don't, that's just not right for me right now. Right. I mean, you guys are trying to put these band-aids on things anyway, turns out at 25, I mean, I, I was diagnosed with cancer, which mm. thankfully I'm a survivor. But I mean, imagine being, imagine kind of describing these sensitivities and then getting chemotherapy and stuff like that. Oh, I mean, totally that rocked my world completely. Wow. And the side effects that I had after were, but you know what? I am so grateful for it because I learned that's a, that's a, that's having had that experience and calling my life into question. Really, I knew, all right, well, I've got to get my life back on track, but I didn't do a good enough job because probably about six years later, I, um, I got this really bad autoimmune condition. Um, because I had had the cancer before I realized it was, yeah, 
Well, I just realized what they were trying to tell me to do, what doctors were to take this low dose chemotherapy for the rest of my life. They said, you'll either be in this wheelchair forever, or you can take like a methotrexate or something like that. And I said, well, that's really, um, empaths, you know, we just say what's on our mind. I said, well, that is very <laughs> unprofessional of you. I can't believe you'd even suggest that Good I should take you. that. You don't even know what's wrong with me. You're just, just, that's just what you're, I mean, they put on commercials, you know, that that stuff can cause lymphoma, may cause lymphoma. I'm like, well, what is the percentage of that when I've already had lymphoma? I mean, right. is exactly. somebody not putting this together? Why would wow. you suggest? And I said, I mean, I knew for myself, all right, well, I can live like this. This is a horrible quality of life, but I can live like this. I can't live if I take this medication. So anyway, because of that, I, that is where I really learned. I put myself through this boot camp of life of, all right, I, I almost, in, in this most, really, I can't describe the physical pain. And thankfully, I can't even feel it as I'm saying this to you right now. I have no right. reference for it. But I just knew that it was so bad that I sat on the couch and I thought to myself, all right, well, um, this is not an accident here that I have, that I'm sitting here and I have nothing to do. There's nothing I can do other than go inside of myself, listen to stories of how other people have helped themselves and start doing it. And I did, right. I started like talking to my body in any way. Having mm -hmm. said that, I recognized that I really had to clean up my life because it really was killing me. So I just want to say that that's, that's not a stretch to say that being an unempowered empath can kill you. Like it yes. was killing me. And for that reason, because I was able to pull myself out of that and you would never ever look at me and know that I was in a wheelchair and someone told me I would never walk again. I mean, you would right. never know that, but it's that, that was the truth. Um, so when you become empowered, you know, you know who you are, you right. value your needs, you value yourself, you're full of energy and you are able to create income that, um, is your, you know, income. Is your income and fulfilling. And this idea of downsizing is so important, especially for empaths because yes. stuff is draining. And yes. This, thank this you. Topic, oh my God. Thank you for saying that. It's coming out more and more. You know, we have these shows. I, I don't, there's this, um, I probably should know. I'm not a big TV watcher, but a girlfriend of mine keeps sending me this. It's this new, she talks a lot about organizing. She's very big on, do you know her name? I'm not sure. I, I uh, anyway, know. she's this big new show about, you know, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do it. She's, is she Japanese? I, uh huh. I think. Yeah. Yes. On. Yes. It's a big popular. Netflix. Yeah. And it's on Netflix, yeah. I think. Okay. And it's, very popular show. And, and yeah, it, and we were just, we were talking about tiny houses. Yes. So earlier, all of that but. downsizing. I mean, like when I got divorced, I put all my stuff in storage. I <laughs> Me too. I still pay 50 storage. bucks a month for my storage. Oh, okay. That, <laughs> I, lately this, that topic right there, that is keeping me up at night because I have a storage unit in San Francisco right now. And it's totally <laughs> keeps me up at night sometimes, which I mean, is the good message of that's why we downsize, right? We don't mm -hmm. need this stuff, this thing is over there. I have a storage unit in San Francisco when I'm living in Florida right now. And I have a couple of paintings that mean a lot to me that yes. are in that storage unit. Um, they were painted for me by a friend. There's art. Yep. It's Same just here. that's really it. And I pay for this thing every month because I can't get myself back out there to do. Uh, it's just, and the I keep thinking to myself, 
let it go, Kim. It's just I a know, thing. Same like, thing. My, my ex-husband lives around the corner from where my storage unit is. And I got the smallest unit that they have. And he goes, well, and it's, but it's still like four tubs and a big painting and a painting of Wonder Woman, because that's going to go above my bed to wake up and look at it every day. And, that, you know, some other things that have been hand painted for me. And he goes, well, is there any kind of culling that you can do out of those storage tubs so that we can get them in your car? Because I also got rid of a bigger car and got a smaller, cheaper car. And, um, and I was like, listen, honey, I know that it's there. So clearly I don't need this stuff and I'm not, I don't get attached to things cause I've had everything lost in hurricanes and like my son's macaroni necklaces and whatever. So I've experienced that. So I don't wow. get attached to stuff, but this stuff, yeah, I really don't want to get, get rid of it. Um, I said, I've already cleaned it out to the bare minimum, you know, like it's got, so I really do want that stuff uh, and, and to, you know, bring it up here with me. But I, he kind of laughed and he's like, yeah, you've lived without it for what a year and a half now. <laughs> I know it's a thing. I, I'm so funny that you're saying that. Cause I have this, I, you know, I don't get attached to stuff, but then, you know, or at least I'm saying I don't get attached to stuff. I'm conscious of making sure, you know, that, that that's not really necessary, but I kind of am attached to this painting. Mm -hmm. I'm attached to it because of the meaning behind it. And, and I, yeah, I cleaned out, I downsized so many times and I, I actually right out of college, I had lived in Maui. And then when I got divorced, um, I was back in Tampa where me and my ex-husband were from and went to high school and et cetera together. When it's time, when I got divorced, I was like, I'm I want to go. I don't need to be here. Like I can work from wherever I want and exactly. ended up going back to Maui for a couple of years. Oh, well, nice. The first night that I, so I had, we had sold our house. We had sold this piece of property that we were building on downsized on. It felt so good. I mean, I've always been one to really purge things, but that really felt good of just like locking the door in the storage unit, going out to Maui. But I tell you the night that the first night, I will never forget the feeling I had a studio basically on the beach. I mean, literally my bed was in the kitchen. Uh, I had just sold all this stuff. And I am like, the only other room was this tiny little bathroom that you mm -hmm. basically, well, I mean, one person only can fit in this That's bathroom. That's my bathroom. Yeah, you can only, like one person fits in the shower. My dog suffers through the shower with me when I have to wash her. But there's no like me bending forward in my shower. Like, no. And, and that's was, fine. It was tiny, but everyone too in Maui lives that way. Yeah. Because you're outside. I mean, so, but the night that exactly. I slept, I laid, I laid in the bed and I looked up at the ceiling and I was thinking, oh my gosh, have I made, I mean, what am I doing? <laughs> That's the biggest mistake. Like I had lived in this other house for 10 years. I just flew from, you know, couldn't have gotten more West coast in the United States than going from Florida to Maui. I'm laying in this bed. And the, the blessing that I had was I was picking my sister up two days later from the airport and she was staying with me for 10 days. So she, and I had already lived there once. So I was able to sort of be a tourist with her for 10 days and show her around the Island and, um, kind of, yeah, be a tourist and see everything. And when I dropped her off at the airport, she said, Kim, you need nothing else. You don't need, there's that's nothing right. else you need. And that's not how she was living. That's not how we grew up or anything else. Yeah. Um, when you're and I have, I really refuse to, you know, go back to this. I don't, I don't either. Like I could afford to 
live in a more expensive place now that's bigger. And I don't, I'm even thinking about getting a smaller place. I am getting, okay, well, you live in a tiny house right now, so I don't know. I'm just, I mean, I 550 square feet is on the large size of an official tiny home. Like usually they're like 310 square feet or whatever, but, but I don't need the loft upstairs. Like I literally, I, I literally don't need that. It's pretty and it's beautiful and I love it, but I'm like, do I really need that? Like I don't, cause I could sleep down here cause I'm outside all the time. Okay. But I do want to say you might, uh, I Reconsider. have, well, cause I have, I have two things to say about this one. I want to say that there is something to be said for your sleeping where, where you're specifically oh, sleeping. There are a lot of health right. benefits to making that separate. So where you have that True. lock, you're just, Good I've point. seen the tiny house, anyone that's ever seen that. So just that you kind of, that helps your quality a of sleep and everything. Space. We you're know, right. right. And we know that lack of sleep is a form of torture. So this is important. Yes. So that's Good one point. thought I have, but I have this other, as you're saying, like I live in this 500 square feet, tiny house. I'm sitting over here. Like most people kind of have this bragging about how big how their square is. feet. Yeah. And I'm over here going, Ooh, I, I live in 700 square. Like mine's, <laughs> mine's a little bit bigger and I feel guilty. I'm feeling oh God, like hers is better than mine. No, but, um, I really, I live, um, when I first moved back to Tampa, a friend of mine, um, was moving in with a boyfriend, et cetera. And, um, she needed someone to take over her lease and which kind of helped me cause I wasn't super excited about coming back to Tampa right away, but I did. And, um, it helped me in the committal space of like, Oh good. I'll just lease your space for a little right. bit. Right. Well, and it's in a, it's in a good neighborhood and we're neighbors and all of that, but I am so excited. I have a, I have a second bedroom that I totally don't use and it mm. drives me crazy. I'm so I'm getting ready to move and I'm so excited to let move to, you know, like I will be downsizing again. Yeah. And someone recently was like, you've got to have a spare bedroom for, some, you know, when people come visit. And I thought, yeah, well, I don't, you don't hold, I, people can there, I have a pullout couch or yeah, I'm like, you know, there's, there's a have, state park down the street for me that has yours. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Like you don't right. need, and I'm so sacred about my space and the energy that's in my space oh, that God. I don't really want other people to be in my space and spend the night. I don't want that. I, I, <laughs> I don't. Having the extra, just like having it, paying to have an extra bedroom for the eventuality that someone, I mean, my living here in Tampa, all, my family is all here. That's just inviting in. Yes. Energy um, that you may not want. <laughs> yeah. Which is so, I mean, empaths, it is, I mean, in terms of, you know, self-care and keeping away energy vampires, I mean, your space, everybody's space is so we. I cannot Absolutely. stress enough how important it is to protect your space. It's, it's nothing wrong with protecting your space and keeping it sacred because if you don't do that, if you don't keep your your space, meaning yourself, your body, and the home in which you live, if you can't keep that sacred, certainly can't expect anybody else to. It's right. really exactly. super important self care mechanism. Well, you're definitely going to be coming back on shows. So for today, so, so our listeners know, you know, how they would work with you and how you get started with someone, um, tell, tell our listeners that, and then we'll get, you know, we'll give out your website after. Sure. Well, you can go to my website and, um, all throughout it is, you know, work with me and there's an intake form, or you can just email me directly. 
Um, my phone number's on there too. So um, either way, and I, like I said, I work with people healing from a lot of oftentimes major illnesses and mm-hmm. or just, it doesn't have to be, you know, like be proactive. You don't have to wait till it's that bad and just empowering people to learn and trust themselves and reminding them who they are. And you work with people, you can work with people all over the world because you can do this. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I okay. have a that's... patient in Pakistan client, excuse me. Oh my gosh. That's so awesome. Totally. I know. I love it. Well, tell our listeners what your website is. My website is www.empathcoaching.com. Oh, Kim, thank you so much for coming on the show. You will be back. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. And listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Empowered Empaths. I know, I know, no one likes commercials, but seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air. Please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous, and they're just good people. And also MyGenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, CopeNotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. But never without good intentions I heat up and act on my emotions Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you, all we promised we'd be cordial Sometimes in you I can fight it But I'm Good boy